Volume 1, Chapter 15 of the Autobiography of Madame Guion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Autobiography of Madame Guion by Jean Guion. Volume 1 Chapter 15 On my arrival at home, I found my husband taken with the gout and his other complaints. My little daughter was ill and liked to die of the smallpox. My eldest son, too, took it. And it was of so malignant a type that it rendered him as disfigured as before he was beautiful. As soon as I perceived the small box was in the house, I had no doubt but I should take it. Mother Granger advised me to leave if I could. My father offered to take me home with my second son, whom I tenderly loved. My mother-in-law would not suffer it. She persuaded my husband it was useless and sent for a physician who seconded her in it, saying, I should as readily take it at a distance as here if I were disposed to take it. I may say she proved at that time a second Jephthah and that she sacrificed us both though innocently. Had she known what followed, I doubt not, but she would have acted otherwise. All the town steered in this affair. Everyone begged her to send me out of the house and cry out that it was cruel to expose me thus. They set upon me, too, imagining I was unwilling to go. I had not told that she was so averse to it. I had at that time no other disposition than to sacrifice myself to divine providence, though I might have removed, notwithstanding my mother-in-law's resistance, yet I would not without her consent because it looked to me as if her resistance was an order of heaven. I continued in this spirit of sacrifice to God, waiting from moment to moment in an entire resignation for whatever He should be pleased to ordain. I cannot express what nature suffered. I was like one who sees both certain death and an easy remedy without being able to avoid the former or try the latter. I had no less apprehension for my younger son than for myself. My mother-in-law so excessively doted on the eldest that the rest of us were indifferent to her. Yet I am sure 
if she had known the younger would have died of the smallpox, she would not have acted as she did. God makes use of creatures and their natural inclinations to accomplish his designs. When I see in the creatures a conduct which appears unreasonable and mortifying, I mount higher and look upon them as instruments both of the mercy and justice of God. His justice is full of mercy. I told my husband that my stomach was sick and that I was taking the small box. He said it was only imagination. I let Mother Granger know the situation I was in. As she had a tender heart, she was affected by the treatment I met with and encouraged me to offer myself up to the Lord. At length, nature, finding there was no resource, consented to the sacrifice which my spirit had already made. The disorder gained ground apace. I was seized with a great shivering and pain both in my head and stomach. They would not yet believe that I was sick. In a few hours it went so far that they thought my life in danger. I was also taken with an inflammation on my lungs, and the remedies for the one disorder were contrary to the other. My mother-in-law's favorite physician was not in town, nor the resident surgeon. Another surgeon said that I must be bled, but my mother-in-law would not suffer it at that time. I was on the point of death for the want of proper assistance. My husband, not being able to see me, left me entirely to his mother. She would not allow my physician but her own to prescribe from me, and yet did not send for him, though he was within a day's journey. In this extremity I opened not my mouth. I looked for life or death from the hand of God, without testifying the least uneasiness. The peace I enjoyed within, on account of that perfect resignation in which God kept me by His grace, was so great that it made me forget myself in the midst of oppressive disorders. The Lord's protection was indeed wonderful. How often have I been reduced to extremity? Yet, He never failed to succor when things appear more desperate. It pleased Him so to order it that the skillful surgeon who had attended me before, passing by our house, inquired after me. They told Him I was extremely ill. He alighted immediately and came to see me. Never was a man more surprised when he saw the condition I was in. The small box which could not come out 
had fallen on my nose with such force that it was quite black. He thought there had been gone green and that it was going to fall off. My eyes were like two goals, but I was not alarmed. At that time I could have made a sacrifice of all things and was pleased that God should avenge himself on that face which had betrayed me into so many infidelities. He also was so affrighted that he went into my mother-in-law's room and told her that it was most shameful to let me die in that manner for want of bleeding. She still opposed it violently, so that in short she told him flatly that she will not suffer it until the physician returned. He flew into such a rage at seeing me thus left without sending for the physician that he reproved my mother-in-law in the severest manner. But it was all in vain. He came up again presently and said, If you choose, I will bleed you and save your life. I held out my arm to him, and though it was extremely swelled, he bled me in an instant. My mother-in-law was in a violent passion. The small box came out immediately. He ordered that they should have me bled again in the evening, but she would not suffer it. Fear of displeasing my mother-in-law and a total resignation of myself into the hands of God, I did not retain him. I am more particular to show how advantageous it is to resign oneself to God without reserve. Though in appearance he leave us for a time to prove and exercise our faith, yet he never fail us, when our need of him is the more pressing. One may say with the scripture, It is God who brings down to the gates of death and raised up again. The blackness and swelling of my nose went away and I believe, had they continued to bleed me, I had been pretty easy. For want of that I grew worse again. The malady fell into my eyes and inflamed them with such severe pain that I thought I should lose them both. I had violent pain for three weeks, during which time I got little sleep. I could not shut my eyes. They were so full of the small box, nor open them by reason of the pain. My throat, palate, gums were likewise so filled with the pock that I could not swallow broth or take nourishment without suffering extremely. My whole body looked leprous. All that saw me said that they had never seen such a shocking spectacle. 
but as to my soul it was kept in a content not to be expressed the hopes of its liberty but the loss of that beauty which had so frequently brought me under bondage rendered me so satisfied and so united to god that i will not have changed my condition for that of the most happy prince in the world everyone thought i would be inconsolable several expressed their sympathy in my bad condition as they judged it i lay still in the secret fruition of a joy unspeakable in this total deprivation of what had been a snare to my pride and to the passions of men i praised god in profound silence none ever heard any complaints from me either of my pains or the loss i sustained the only thing i had said was that i rejoiced at and was exceedingly thankful for the interior liberty i gained thereby and they construed this as a great crime my confessor who had been dissatisfied with me before came to see me he asked me if i was not sorry for having the small box he now taxed me with pride for my answer my youngest little boy took the distemper the same day with myself and died for want of care this blow indeed struck me to the heart but yet drawing strength from my weakness i offered him up and said to god as job did thou gavest him to me and thou takest him from me blessed be thy holy name the spirit of sacrifice possessed me so strongly that though i loved this child tenderly i never shed a tear at hearing of his death the day he was buried the doctor sent to tell me he had not placed a tombstone upon his grave because my little girl could not survive him two days my eldest son was not yet out of danger so that i saw myself stripped of all my children at once my husband indisposed and myself extremely so the lord did not take my little girl then he prolonged her life some years at last my mother-in-law's physician arrived at a time wherein he could not be of but little service to me when he saw the strange inflammation in my eyes he bled me several times but it was too late and those bleedings which would have been so proper at first did nothing but waken me now they could not even bleed me in the condition i was in but with the greatest difficulty my arms were so swelled that the surgeon was obliged 
to push in the lands to a great depth. Moreover, the bleeding, being out of season, had like to have caused my death. This, I confess, would have been very agreeable to me. I looked upon death as the greatest blessing for me, yet I saw well I had nothing to hope in that side, and that instead of meeting with so desirable an event, I must prepare myself to support the trials of life. After my eldest son was better, he got up and came into my room. I was surprised at that extraordinary change I saw in him. His face, lately so fair and beautiful, was become like a coarse spot of air, all full of furrows. That gave me the curiosity to view myself. I felt shocked, for I saw that God had ordered the sacrifice in all its reality. Some things fell out by the contrariety of my mother-in-law that caused me severe crosses. They put the finishing stroke to my son's face. However, my heart was firm in God and strengthened itself by the number and greatness of my sufferings. I was as a victim incessantly offered upon the altar to him who first sacrificed himself for love. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. These words I can truly say, O oh my God, have been the delight of my heart and have had their effect on me through my whole life. For I have been continually heaped with thy blessings and thy cross. My principal attraction, besides that of suffering for thee, has been to yield myself up without resistance, interiorly and exteriorly, to all thy divine disposals. These gifts, which I was favored with from the beginning, have continued and increased until now. Thou hast thyself guided my continual crosses, and led me through paths impenetrable to all but thee. They sent me pomatums to recover my complexion and to fill up the hollows of the small box. I had seen wonderful effects from me upon others, and therefore at first had a mind to try them. But jealous of God's work, I will not suffer it. There was a voice in my heart which said, If I would have had thee fair, I would have left thee as thou wert. I was therefore obliged to lay aside every remedy and to go into the earth which made the pitying worse. 
to expose myself in the street when the redness of the smallpox was at the worst, in order to make my humiliation triumph where I had exalted my pride. My husband kept to his bed almost all the time and made good use of his indisposition, only as he now lost that which before gave him so much pleasure in viewing me. He grew much more susceptible to impressions which any gave him against me. In consequence of this, the persons who spoke to him to my disadvantage, finding themselves now better hearkened to, spoke more boldly and more frequently. There was only thou, O my God, who changed not for me. Thou didst redouble my interior graces, in proportion as thou didst augment my exterior crosses. End of chapter 15, volume 1